0: hi guys welcome to the second podcast of nephrology let's revise MBBS. and today we'll be talking about glomel, uh, the presentations of glomerular diseases okay so the filtration barrier at the glomerulus is made up of three things first one is the endothelium next is the glomerular basement membrane and next is the visceral epithelium which are also known as podocytes so fenestrations have a uh, gap around the in the endothelium there are fenestrations which are of 50 to 100 nanometers then in the glomerular basement membrane we have collagen 4 it is made up of type 4 collagen and it has alpha 3 alpha 4 and alpha 5 chain okay and the next which is the uh, podocytes there are food processes of podocytes and in between there is slit diaphragm so these allow only substances which are less than 4 nanometer to pass through okay and all these three layers are negatively charged that's why if any uh, substance is uh, negatively charged and even though it is less than four nanometers it will be difficult for it to pass okay for example albumin right now if there is any damage to any of these structures either podocytes or uh, glomerular basement membrane Mm -hmm. or endothelium there can be uh, we can we can say that the patient is having glomerular disease okay so this glomerular disease can present can have various presentations. It can be asymptomatic, or patient can present with nephrotic syndrome, nephrotic syndrome, or RPGN. Okay. So let's talk about each of these. So if the patient is asymptomatic, then uh, how how do we detect these patients? So uh, the there is routine urine analysis done for some other purpose, and then uh, we find that there is proteinuria and some microhematuria okay so this may be incidental that's why we repeat this test and if we again find the same finding that is there is proteinuria and there is microhematuria then uh, we should think that this can be a glomerular disease and we should take this patient for biopsy okay and then we should further evaluate we should not leave this patient aside uh, only because he is asymptomatic okay because in urine analysis there is an abnormality we should go for biopsy Okay, next presentation is nephrotic syndrome. So basic pathology in nephrotic syndrome is that there is podocyte damage or podocytopathy due to which proteins are lost in urine. Okay, so five things uh, are found in nephrotic syndrome which are proteinuria, hypoalbuminuria, hypoalbum- hypoalbuminemia, edema, hyperlipidemia, and lipiduria. Okay, so there is proteinuria, loss of protein in urine. So nephrotic range proteinuria is more than 3.5 gram per day in adults. Okay, uh, or specifically if we are talking about albumin, then it is more than 2.2 gram of albumin. In children, it is more than 40 milligram per hour per meter square of body surface area. Okay, so the values are different for adult and children. This is proteinuria. Next is hypoalbuminemia. So because of loss of protein, there is hypoalbuminemia. Okay next is edema so edema can be because of two reasons one is this main reason because of loss of proteins there is decreasing on decrease in oncotic pressure and that's why there is extravascular edema okay and this extravascular edema can present as pleural effusion pericardial effusion uh okay peritoneal effusion okay so uh, extravascular effusions and the other cause is sodium and water retention okay but this sodium water retention is major cause of edema in nephritic syndrome and in nephrotic syndrome the major cause is decrease in oncotic pressure okay so and the next finding is hyperlipidemia so hyperlipidemia is due to compensatory synthesis from the liver because the protein is lost liver starts synthesizing protein and along with protein it also synthesizes lipids that's why there is increase in vldl and increase in other lipids Two important points to remember here is that HDL decreases and there is no change in LDL. LDL remains same. Okay. And the last thing is lipiduria. So, lipid is excreted in urine and on microscopy we can get Maltese cross appearance. Okay. Which we saw yesterday. Now, what can be the complications of nephrotic syndrome? Two main complications are there. One is thrombosis and the other one is peritonitis. Thrombosis is due to loss of antithrombin-3. Increase in synthesis of fibrinogen, increase in platelet aggregation. So, all these, uh, all these factors contribute to thrombosis, and this can lead to our renal vein thrombosis or deep vein thrombosis. Right? So, treatment for this is anticoagulation. The other complication is peritonitis, and peritonitis is the main cause of death. Okay? Major or common cause of death. And it can lead to SBP, uh, which is most commonly due to pneumococcus. Okay, other complications can be loss of uh, vitamin D binding globulin and thyroxine binding globulin in urine, but even though these uh, proteins are lost, levels of vitamin D3 and levels of free T3, T4 remain normal, right? Now, there are different causes of nephrotic syndrome in different age groups. So, if it is a child, the most common cause of nephrotic syndrome is minimal change disease. If it is an adult, the most common cause is FSGS, focal segmental glomerulosclerosis. And in adult, the most common cause is membranous nephropathy. So, according to age, there are different causes. Right. So, this was about nephrotic syndrome. The next presentation is nephritic syndrome. Okay. So, neph- the patient of nephritic syndrome is more likely to come directly to the nephrologist. Okay. Or it- he will come to the nephrologist first. Why? because there will be red colored urine or cola colored urine the rfts will be deranged okay so in nephrotic syndrome rfts can be normal so patient can just have edema so this patient can go to physician then he may go to uh, like there can be patient he, uh, the doctors if there is if the rfts are normal uh, he may be sent to any cardiologist or you know He can be suspected any liver abnormalities and then later at last he can come to nephrologist but in nephratic syndrome it is not like that he sees there is yellow uh, cola colored urine and the rfts are deranged he'll directly be sent to the nephrologist okay right so now uh, in nephratic syndrome there are inflammatory cells in the glomerulus so they injure the capillaries which lead to hematuria there is also decrease in gfr because of this, there is oliguria, which leads to sodium and water retention. And because of this, there is hypertension and edema. Okay, edema is uh, mild edema. In nephrotic syndrome, the edema is much more severe. But the additional finding in nephrotic syndrome is hypertension, which is not in nephrotic syndrome. Okay. So hypertension here in nephrotic syndrome is because of sodium and water retention. Right. Now, talking about the next presentation, which is RPGN. What is rpgn it is rapidly progressive renal uh, rapidly progressive glomerulonephritis okay so here there is rapidly progressive renal failure so what is rapidly progressive renal failure it is renal failure occurring within days to weeks okay so patient will be normal and within few days around five five to six days or two weeks there will be severe derangement impairment and uh, if we do rfts creatinine level will, will can be as high as 7 milligram per dl okay so this is rapidly progressive renal failure now this rapidly progressive renal failure can be due to vascular cause tubular cause or glomerular cause vascular co- cause can be HUS, hemolytic uremic syndrome tubular cause can be t- tubular interstitial nephritis and glomerular cause can be rpgn so, glomerular cause leading to rapidly progressive renal failure is RPGN. Right? So, RPGN will have similar features to that of nephratic syndrome. That is, there will be hematuria, decreased urine output, hypertension, uremia. But along with this, there will be rapidly progressive renal failure. Okay, so th- then we can classify it as RPGN. And on biopsy, we can see crescents. This crescents is due to uh proliferation of parietal cells and there will be fibrin and platelets in the in this crescents so this rpgn is a clinical pathological diagnosis clinical as well as on biopsy we see this crescents and then we can classify it as rpgn okay and in rpgn the number of crescents is important so the more number of crescents poorer the prognosis Right. And then uh, we have types of RBGN. Three main types are there: type 1, type 2, type 3. Mm-hmm. Type 1 is linear. So there is linear IgG deposits. Example is good pasture syndrome. On immunofluorescence, we will see a linear deposits. In type 2, there is granular deposits and immune complex are uh, deposited. So example of type 2 is IgA, nephropathy, or uh, due to SLE, nephropathy due to SLE. And type 3 is post immune okay we don't on immunofluorescence we do not see anything so the cause of uh, type 3 type 3 is the most common and the cause of type 3 is vasculitis okay it can be wagener's granulomatosis or chuck stoss syndrome okay so these are the causes of uh, these are types of RPG. right so we saw the presentations the presentations in which the glomerular glomerular disease can present so four main presentations we saw let's revise the first one is asymptomatic patient can be asymptomatic but we should not neglect that patient we should go for biopsy next is nephrotic syndrome then is nephritic syndrome and then we have RPGN. so in the further podcasts we'll talk about each of this and we'll go into detail of every disease so like nephrotic syndrome we saw three diseases minimal change disease fsgs and membranous uh, membranous nephropathy okay So in the next podcast, we will talk about these three. Okay. Till then, keep studying and enjoy. Bye-bye.